Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. All right, last week we read from Exodus chapter 3 about Moses and the burning bush, which is how God chose to reveal himself uh, to Moses and to call Moses to actually return to Egypt to confront Pharaoh and then to bring Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And so it was during that experience that Moses was overwhelmed. Remember, he was overwhelmed with the holiness of God. Um, and in that experience, he became aware of his own depravity. And the Bible says that he hid his face and he asked God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And here's the thing, you might remember I pointed out last week, God did not necessarily disagree <laughs> with Moses' modest appraisal of himself. Uh, God simply replied to Moses when Moses said, who am I that I should do that, God? Um, uh, God simply replied to him, but I will be with you but I will be with you. So this morning, I want to pick back up at that point in Exodus chapter 3. We're going to begin reading in verse number 13. So then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and I say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Verse 15, God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has appeared to me, saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt, and I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they will listen to your voice. And you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. And now please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that... He will let you go, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty, but each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold, jewelry and for clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, and so you shall plunder the Egyptians. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the Bible. God, help us, Lord, to receive it as we ought to this morning as your inspired words to us, God. Use it this morning to, to teach us, to reprove us, to correct us, train us, Lord, in righteousness. God, we're asking that you would bring us a little closer to completion in Jesus Christ. 
and that you would equip us for the good works that you have prepared for us to do in his name. God, anoint me to preach and give us all, Lord, ears to hear what your spirit is saying and accomplish your good will in our lives and in your church. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, your son, our savior, amen and amen. Now, Moses had a perfectly normal reaction when he encountered the glory of God. The Bible says he hid his face. And when God called him to return to Egypt and said, I want you to go back to Egypt, I want you to confront Pharaoh, and I want you to lead the children of Israel out of slavery and into the promised land, the Bible says that he objected, and Moses objected with what is, with, with what is actually a properly proportionate evaluation of his own abilities. Remember, he had just seen um, the, the holiness of God. And so Moses responds with what is, in my opinion, is an appropriate reaction. He says, who am I? God, I've just seen your holiness. You just revealed your glory to me. And so Moses responds by saying, but who am I? As I said a few moments ago, God, God does not disagree with Moses' appraisal of himself. In fact, God's response to Moses begins with the word what? But. Um, which seems to indicate that God, God actually concedes Moses' point that he's making. But Lord, who am I? And God doesn't say, no, Moses, don't say that about yourself. <laughs> he says, but I'll be with you. <laughs> It's like he's saying, well, Moses, you know, yeah, you've got a point. But that's not, like I said last week, that's not the point. That's not what's really important. I will be with you. It's the equivalent of us responding to somebody conceding a point that they make and saying, yeah, but let me tell you this. Um, it's like if a friend ever set you up on a blind date and they said, you know, um, they tried to set you up and they showed you a picture of, of that person and, they say, and you say, man, they're, they're ugly. <laughs> and your friend says, yeah, but they've got a great personality. <laughs> That's kind of what God is saying to Moses. Moses is saying, Lord, who am I? And God is saying, yeah, but I'll be with you. <laughs> That's not the main point. It's, it's not about who you are, Moses. It's about who I am. So Moses' encounter, and this is, this is very important, Moses' encounter with God's glory left him with no confidence in his own flesh. Left him with no confidence in his own flesh, which is a very important point that should not be lost on us this morning. We don't we don't come into God's presence to feel better about ourselves. That's not, that's not the point. In fact, if we come into God's presence and we leave glorying in ourselves, in our flesh, then, then I would argue that we really didn't encounter the fullness of God's glory and, and, his, and his power. We don't come into God's presence to feel better about ourselves. We come into God's presence to feel better about who God is. Can I get an amen this morning? We, we come into God's presence to feel better about him, which means that, 
that we see him as he really is, high and lifted up, majestic and mighty, glorious and awesome. We come into his presence to see God for who he is. Amen? So true worship, true worship magnifies God and it minimizes me. It minimizes uh, me. So the sincere sentiment of a person who has seen God's glory is this. Who am I compared to you, God, in your presence, in, in your glory? Who am I? That's the sincere sentiment of a person who has seen God's glory. And so Moses is, again, rightly reduced to this place, a place where he has no confidence in himself, no confidence in his flesh, no confidence in his ability. And listen, that's why, that's why this calling is so important. Because this is the place where God can teach Moses who he is. It, this is the place where God can teach Moses to trust in him. To trust in his power and in his ability. When Moses asks God, God, who am I? But God says, but I will be with you. God is changing Moses' focus from himself to God. It's, God is saying, it's not important who you are. It only matters who I am, who I am. And I will be with you. So, so what I want you to see this morning is that Moses then asked the next logical question of God. Moses says, who am I? I can't do this. God says, that's not important. Um, I'll be with you. And so Moses asks the next logical question. He says, okay, well, who are you? <laughs> who are you? But in fact, he says, if, if I come to this people, okay, if I agree to do this, I'm, and I come to this people and I tell them that you have sent me, and they ask me, who has sent you? But I mean, what is his name? Then Moses says, so what shall I say to them? And this is where God reveals his name to to Moses. But the name that he gives is not really a typical name. It's actually a verb form, um, actually. And it's, it's the word Yahweh. Yahweh. Roughly, um, it is the Hebrew equivalent of is. It's the Hebrew equivalent of uh, our being verb, uh, is, which signifies a state of being. So God says, identifies himself as I am. And the name, Yahweh, uh, is actually repeated four times in verses 14 and 15. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say to this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, and here's something uh, good for you. You may already know this, but if you don't, whenever you see the word Lord in 
uh, usually in most English translations of the Bible, whenever you see the word LORD and it's in all caps like it is there in your Bible this morning, then that word is Yahweh. Or in, in, in the, some of the translations, it's Jehovah, which is just a Greek transliteration of Yahweh. All right? So when you see that word LORD and it's in all caps, then that's Yahweh. I am. So you're saying, tell the people of Israel, the Lord, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Now let me just say, that, say this about that name this morning, the name of Yahweh. There's, there's a lot to unpack in that name, much more than then we have the time or we have the capacity to, to cover this morning. In fact, one commentator has said that those verses, those verses might be the most theological verses in the entire Bible. That they say more about God than the entire Bible. And that's because they reflect how God himself chose to identify himself uh, to his people. So this is God's self-revelation. Moses is saying, tell me your name. Who do I say sent me when I go to, the, uh, to your people? And so this is the name God chooses for himself. So this is how God identifies himself to his people. But I'm only going to take, um, so I'm only going to take uh, a couple time to point out a couple of things about this name before, before I go on to say some final things about what God says to Moses uh, based on his identity, who he is, and concerning his relationship to his people. So first of all, when God says, I am who I am, that is, that is not, follow me on this this morning, that is not a qualitative statement about the nature of God. What, what I mean by that is uh, you know, we, we kind of say that, well, I am what I am. Meaning what? What you see is what you get, right? That my character is just the sum total of who I am. Um, I think it was Popeye that made that famous, right? I am what I am, right? I'm Popeye the sailor man. <laughs> and so, but that's not what God is saying. It's not a qualitative statement about his character. He's not, he's not just saying, well, I, I am what I am, and that's all that I am, <laughs> No, this is actually an unqualified statement about the nature of God's existence. In, in other words, it does not communicate anything to us about God that we can use to judge for ourselves what kind of God God actually is. Um, it's not saying... We can't infer from that statement, from that statement alone, God is good or uh, God is just, God is holy. It's not that kind of qualitative statement where we can say, well, I, I'll qualify, I'll judge for myself what kind of God God is. It only communicates that God is, period. That God is. In fact, not only that he is, but that God is eternally is, that he is the eternal is. 
In fact, I've, I've read some translations of verse number 14 that emphasize that what God is saying to Moses here is that he is the is in God, that he is eternally is, eternally uh, being. Now, we don't talk like that, so it, it seems awkward and it seems unfamiliar uh, to us because we use our firm, our form of um, the, the being verb is, we use our being verb to denote past and present and future states of being. So in other words, we talk about what was and what is and what will be, but God God is saying to Moses, no, I am eternally is. My being does not change from past to present to future. I am. I am. There was never a time when I was not. Because as far back as you can look and and even further back than that, in fact, there is no end, I am. And as far into the future as you can look in further than that uh, world without end, I am, God is saying. God is saying he is the one who completely transcends anything and everything else that ever was or is or will be. He transcends everything else that is, he is the eternally being one. That before the world began, God is, and that he existed. Now that's significant for many reasons, but in particular, it was important to, uh, to Moses for, for three reasons. Let me go over those very quickly. Number one, it distinguished God uh, from the Egyptian gods who were known for, well, for their particular form of being or for their specific characteristics, the God, of, the God of rain. We'll talk more about that when we look at the plagues, the God of rain or the God of livestock or the sun God. Their gods were gods who had particular forms of being. They came into existence at different times. And, and so God is saying, I'm not like any of those gods. I am the God who is. And so he's not defined by any particular form of being. Number two, so it distinguished God from all of those Egyptian gods. Number, number two, it set God above all of those other so-called gods. In fact, it sets God above all other authorities because, again, he is the one true God, the God who transcends everything that is. That means that in him there is all power and all authority and everything that is came from him. And so he is in absolute dominion of this world. Amen? So it sets God above those other gods. He is the one true, eternal, absolute uh, God. And then number three, it identifies this God, the one true God, the eternal God, It identifies him with the God who has made covenant with their fathers. 
and with, with his people. And those, those things are revealed in the construction of verse number 15. If you look at it again, the Lord, that is Yahweh. He's talking about Lord is a word that we recognize as someone who is in authority. He is the Lord over all. So God is saying, I am, I have absolute, I'm the Lord over everything. I'm the God who transcends this world. I am the creator, God. Um, so the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God who made covenant with them, I am the one true God, and this is my name forever. My name doesn't change. My character doesn't change. I am the one true God. He is the eternal, almighty God who does not change. And this understanding is important for Moses because, remember, he needed to know who it was that was sending him to confront Pharaoh and to lead God's people. Moses is saying, who am I? I can't, do, I can't do that. And God is saying, well, I know that, but I will be with you. And Moses says, but who are you? And God says, I am that I am. I am the Lord." the creator of heaven and earth. I have all power and all authority. I have made covenant with my people and, and I will not forget my covenant. I will perform what I have said that I will do. So Moses had been made aware that he was not able to do it in his own strength and in his own power. Who am I? He said. Now he needed to know that he could do it with God's help, with God at his side. That's why he says, who, who are you? And so God answers him when Moses asks, who are you? God says, I am who I am, the ancient of days, the almighty eternal God who does not change. I am the transcendent God, creator of he the heavens and the earth. I exist in a perfect state of being and I am Lord over everything that is. By me, all things hold together and in me are all power and authority. I am the God of your fathers and I have made covenant with my people. And Moses, I am faithful and I will not fail to do what I have said that I'm going to do. Aren't you glad that's the God that we serve? Amen? That's who God is. So he says to Moses, it's not important who you think that you are, Moses. I, I know that. I am the I am and I will be with you. How many knows Moses needed that reassurance after he had come come face to face with his own insufficiency, his own inability. He recognized, he recognized that this was the God whom he could trust. So although he had asked on behalf of the people, who shall I say sent me when they asked me who sent me, how many knows that Moses needed that reassurance himself. The God, that God, would, would be with him. But since he would have to convince the elders of Israel of his mission, God told Moses what to say. 
He says, so when you go, tell them that I am has sent you. And he says, get them together, and I'm going to tell you what to say to the people of Israel when, when you gather together. And he tells him three, uh, well, let me see, how many have I listened? Well, about three things, three things. He said, first of all, when you get them together, tell them I am has sent me, the I am, the one true God, the eternal God, the God of our fathers, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And God said, first of all, I want you to tell them that I have been watching them. Verse number uh, 16, God says, tell them that I've been observing them. I'm watching them, and I have seen their oppression. We talked about this already, so I'm not going to belabor this very much. He is the God who sees. He is constantly watching over us. He sees everything that's going on in our life. Remember, I said just because we may not see God moving doesn't mean that he's not at work. God sees everything. And remember, I said, I think in the first message, I said, if we see something that is not right, how many knows God sees it too? Amen? If we see something that bothers us, God sees it too. So, first of all, he said, I want you to tell them, Moses, that I've been watching. I haven't forgotten them. I see them. I, I know what they've been through. So first of all, God is the God who sees. In fact, Job calls him the great watcher of men. God is watching over our lives. This morning, God sees you, and he knows what you're going through. He knows uh, what's going on in your life. He sees the situation that you're in. He knows if you're sick. He knows if your marriage is in trouble. He knows if your kids are rebelling. He knows what's going on at work. He knows about your finances. He sees the bottom line in your checkbook. Can somebody say amen? God is a God who sees and he knows exactly where you're at. So God said, tell him, first of all, Moses, tell him, I'm the God who sees. I'm, I'm the God, I've been watching them. I've been observing them. And then he said, second of all, he said, I want you to tell them that I promise them. I'm going to make a promise to them. He says, tell them, I promise I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt, and I will bring you into a land that is, flow, that is flowing with milk and honey. I says, I've seen where you're, where you're at. I know what you're going through. I've seen your affliction, and I want to promise you I'm going to bring you out of your affliction, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to take you into a land of prosperity, and, and I'm going to bring you to that place that I have prepared for you. And then number three, he says, I want you to tell them that I know this is in verse, what is that, verse number 19. Third, he said, I want them to know that I know that the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, is not going to let him go. I know that the king of Egypt is, is going to harden his heart against me. So I, third, he, he assured them that he, want, that he knew what was in their future. Specifically, he wanted them to know that he knew that it was not going to be easy and that they were going to have opposition and that they were going to have problems and that Pharaoh was going to fight uh, against him. Then he says, so I know that. He said, therefore, I will stretch out my hand and do mighty works, deliver you 
with mighty works. And he said, and furthermore, I want you to know that I will give you favor. And that when you leave that land of oppression, you're going to come out richer and blessed. Amen. All of the gold and the silver jewelry that you ask for, they're going to they're gonna give it to you. They're going to heap it upon you. And so you're going to come out of that situation that you're in, the bondage, the affliction that you're in. You're going to come out because I'm going to deliver you with my mighty hand. God says, I promise you. How many believes a promise from God is a good thing? Amen. I promise you, I'm going to deliver you. I know it's not going to be easy. He said, Pharaoh's going to harden his heart. But he said, but listen, so I'm going to bring you out with my mighty right hand. I'm going to perform wonders in your life. And when you come out, you're going to be richer than you were ever, ever were before because I've made a covenant with your fathers. I've made a covenant with you. And I, and I am the I am. I am not a God who lies. I'm not a God who changes. I'm not a God whose arm is short. Whatever I promise, whatever I covenant to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to perform it. Moses, you don't have to be strong enough. You don't have to be able to do it because God says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to perform it. <laughs> and so he says, Moses, I want you to tell them that I see their affliction. I know where they're at, but I'm going to bring them out. I know it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be without trials and opposition, but I'm going to deliver them in the midst of that opposition. I'm going to bring them out and bring them into a land that flows with milk and honey, and I'm going to give them favor, and they will be they will be blessed. Who is this God? He is Yahweh, the God who cannot fail, the transcendent one. Who is this God? He is the God who does not change. God says, forever, this is my name. Forever, this is who I am. What that means for you and me this morning is, <laughs> thank God, he is the same God today that he ever was before. Amen. He is the same God now that he was in the book of Exodus. He is the same God to us that he was to Moses. He is the same God for this church that he was for the people of Israel. Amen. Are you getting it this morning? He is the same God now. That means if his promises then were yes and amen, how many knows he is the great I am. His promises do not change. So his promises now are yes and amen. And if he has made a covenant with our fathers, then he has said, I will perform that promise. He is the same God. <laughs> and he, this God is our God. Can you say amen? This God is our God. Amen. In fact, I want to read you something before we dismiss. If you have your Bibles, I want you to flip over to Romans chapter 8. You know this passage, but I think it's, uh, it'll bless your heart this morning. Hopefully it will. If we read this before we dismiss. Romans chapter 8.
Begin in verse number 31. What then? Paul says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? <laughs> that's, listen, that's what he's saying to Moses. Moses said, who are you? I mean, who do I tell him? And he says, tell him I am, that I am. If I'm for you, then it doesn't matter what, what, who you are. It doesn't matter what Pharaoh does. If I'm for you, who can be against you? And so Paul says, what shall we say then? If God is for us, who can be against us? How do we know that he is for us? Paul says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. Think about that. How do we know that God loves us? That he is the same God who, and he loves us as much as he loved the people of Israel? How do we know God loves us? That he's good to his word? He gave his own son, Jesus Christ, to die for, for our sins. That's the definition of love. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any, any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as ship, uh, sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if that doesn't give you something to shout about, nothing will. God is for us. Amen. This is the God that we serve, Yahweh, the great I am. And what God did for Moses, what God did for Israel, God will do for you too. That means he sees you this morning. He sees your affliction. He sees where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows your struggles. He knows your problems. He knows everything about about you. He sees you this morning. Second of all, it means he will do good to you. He has promised, I want to bless you and not hurt you. I want to bring you out of bondage and into freedom and marvelous light. Amen. I will bring you out. And he says, and listen, and I know the plans that I've got for you. It's not always going to be easy. You will have suffering in this world and in this life. You will have trouble. Jesus told his disciples, you will have trouble in this world, but be encouraged because I have overcome the world. <laughs> and he said, and I will bring you out. My hand will be with you. I will perform mighty works in, in your midst. 
and I will give you favor and you will be blessed. Now, I don't know if that speaks to anybody this morning, but it sure speaks to me. It sure speaks to me because I need to hear him say, this is who I am. I am the God that you can trust. I am the God who never changes. I am the God who is on your side. I am for you and not against you. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.